Right guys, how you doing? It's Graham McCubbin here at Cub Golf on Instagram and this is my mate. Kenny Palace at KGP Golf. How are you doing? Yes, and uh, welcome to the Hats Off and the Clubhouse podcast. As you can see, one of us has their hat off, the other one decided to flaunt yes, the rules yes, I'm today. Fli- I'm flipping the rules. It's uh, not quite a clubhouse as of yet, but I think if the wife would let me, this would be my clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is... Uh, this is a new one for us. We're actually, for the first time, and this is going to be episode five, we're in the same same room. Yep. This hasn't been done by AirPods, which we've realized was a mistake, but we're, <laughs> we're learning as we go. We're learning as we go. We've realized the AirPods is possibly not the best quality of audio, but uh, hopefully we're up on that today with the setup that you guys will hopefully be able to see as we can, you can hopefully see us. We'll give you a little wave uh, as we're videoing this as well. And I don't actually think we're think think up a name on the spot here for this episode. I've oh. no idea where we're gonna go. Challenge. Challenge indeed. So we're on the fourth hole now. Yep. Um it's gonna be a dog leg on the fourth. Oh, we'll a get... dog leg fourth. Yep, so it's we've got the little dog. We've here, got the dog pennies yeah, here at the pennies side here. of us. Um... Harassing me on the way in. Guard dog. <laughs> um so we're gonna go for uh the dog leg par four. The dog leg par fourth. Yep. Is it the fourth hole? I think it's the fourth. I'm sure the one with James was the third. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty was, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we made it to the fourth hole. We survived the the par three, uh, third hole, and we've got a good few talking points today that we want to want to address. One of them, which we'll start with, is the state of golf. Yep. Which is up and down the country. Everybody's hearing about golf courses that are closing, closing, and. Where do we go, what do we do, and how do we fix the situation? Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, we hear about having to think of ways to grow the game constantly. Uh, grow the game is a big phrase that we hear. And, you know, for me, one of the things that interests me most was that I heard a while back, it was a couple of years ago now, that HSBC, the bank, reckoned that by getting more women involved in golf, it would be worth about $6 billion to the global golf industry. And one of the main reasons for that is that women tend to control the budget of a house. So if you can have, if you can get women involved, then they're going to be more happy for their husbands, boyfriends, whatever, to go and play. And then the kids can get involved as well and you can create a family membership. And just think how much of a difference that would make to golf clubs having a family membership rather than just individuals. Yes, I I completely agree. I have tried for... I'm going to say eight years to, <laughs> to get my wife to play golf. Isn't having it. No. And no. Why? I, uh, honestly, I don't know. I just think that, I think she thinks golf's my thing. Okay, that's fair. And that's, like, this is Graham's thing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to get, like, doesn't, not, not want to get in the road of it. I just think she doesn't want to intrude on something that she sees as mine. Okay. Which is, kind of silly in a way because like I'd love for her to come out to the golf course and play I've had a caddy for me a couple of times just come out and just walk because it's a good walk which is like the healthy benefits of it as well I'm like well you don't realise you're actually walking and getting exercise because you're playing golf and you're enjoying yourself mm-hmm. but I completely agree with you and I've been trying to push this at my home course 
I think we've got a lot of land that they could make into a family like area of golf, mm. which is a lot more fun, a lot more inviting, and doesn't require you to hit the ball 200 yards to reach your fairway. Yeah, I think like there's a company down south called One, I think they're called One Putt, and they're doing things that's like events with you know DJs, uh, bars, that kind of thing, and they've got much bigger holes, like even bigger than wintergreen holes. But this is how they're trying to get people into golf, and I think. You know, for me, one of the most fun golf courses I've ever played is the Winter Park 9 in Orlando. In Orlando, yes. Unbelievable golf course, but so intelligently designed and the way it was revamped so that if you don't play golf, it's an easy golf course to approach and get used to how to play. But if you do play golf, the green complexes are really tricky, so you still get a challenge once you get to the green. Yeah. And it's just, it's probably the most intelligent course I've ever played, and I've never left it without a smile on my face. Yeah, I think I think that's what one thing a lot of places are missing around about here is a golf course that you walk off with a smile on your face. Yep. Like my course beats you up every week. There's a very rare occasion that you walk off with a smile on your face. But we play. <laughs> it's true. I'm not gonna lie. But we play uh, 12 holes in the winter, and it's a lot more inviting and it's a lot mm. more engaging. And because of the formats as well, it makes it a lot more fun and interesting. But yeah, it's it's a complete weird one for me because I just think it's uh, why not have little nine hole tracks, no rough, interesting bunkers, interesting green complexes that invite families to come and play. Everybody can play, so you don't need to hit the ball far. Maxing out at maybe 150 yards for their longest hole, making them reachable for kids making them reachable for for some women who've never played before who want to get involved and get, get out there and play. And I think that would be massively beneficial to the game. Mm. I don't know about you, but I started about the age of seven. My dad used to take me up for seven holes at night because that was where the course at Gleather came back round to the clubhouse. And it was fantastic just to get out and play. And obviously at seven years old, I couldn't hit the ball that far. So my dad would drop the ball about 100 yards away and I would play from there every time. But... It meant that once I got onto the golf course as I grew up, I wasn't afraid of the golf course. But could you imagine being someone who's just taken up starters lessons, you've hit balls at a range, and you can now, you know, make, let's say 50-50 hit a seven yeah. iron and getting onto the first tee at Row Allen. You've seen the first tee at Row Allen. <laughs> like, could you imagine that? That is terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying for me and I play it all the time. <laughs> like, that first tee shot is an absolute killer. But... You're completely right, because if you've never played a real golf course before, and this is why I, it's fun when you follow people on Instagram who are just taking up the sport, and seeing their experience of the daunting prospect of actually going to a golf course and actually playing 18 holes, or playing nine holes on an actual golf course, it destroys it, it destroys all that confidence that you think, right, I've been at the range, I've played pretty well, I can hit the ball pretty decent, and then all of a sudden, you're out there and it's like the first tee at Rowallan, it's you've got maybe 40, 50 yards, massive drop off into a burn, which then raises up 50 yards to the other side. So you're talking one, one well, I'd say 150 just to reach the fairway. Mm -hmm. from the, from, I'd say from the yellow tees, if you've gone from the red tees, it's maybe about 100. But you've got to clear that. All you're seeing is that canyon. All you're seeing is that canyon in front of you. <laughs> and the trees. Yep, the trees. You're seeing all of this stuff 
and you're just kind of like, well, what is actually happening here? Like, what are you going to, how are you going to get across that? And if you've never played golf before, it's not a place where you'd want to go play. Like, for people who've never played the game before, what they could do is put a tee box. We've got two bunkers that set about 150, 150, 170 out. They could put a tee box just behind them and off to the side, which is in the rough, out the way. You shouldn't be landing there. Granted, you could land there if you've hit not the best tee shot. But then make it so that the guys, people who've never played before can look, this is a starter tee. Come play from here. It's par three. It gives you a chance, gives you an option to not have to hit 150 yard like drive carry if you're not confident. And it gives you an option. And it's a big thing because, you know, there's been a sort of drive to stop calling the red tee the ladies' tees, and I, I completely agree with yes. it. We need tees to be uh, characterised by the level of golfers. So yeah, we need a, we need an absolute beginner's tee, which is for young juniors, and yeah. then we need a tee from there. It could be the red tee that is for people that are getting better at the golf course yeah. now, they feel more comfortable, they can hit the ball a bit further, and then we go back to championship tees. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best ways because really the tee shot is the probably the scariest bit yeah we can all when we're learning as i say if you're 50 50 with a seven iron at a driving range you'll be able to get around the course from 100 yards it won't be pretty yeah but then you're going to start to get more confident and putting a score together but if you can't get a driver off the tee well then you can't play the golf course you can't play the golf course and that's it and it's and it, and it destroys all, all confidence that you've gained practice and if you step up in the tee and you top it a lost ball yep. top it again a lost ball you could end up losing three or four balls off the first tee and go what am I even doing here mm-hmm. instead of making it a bit easier but I like how you said stepping the tees back based on uh, abilities they could step the tees back based on how far you hit the ball yep absolutely to make the whole course a level playing field so if you if you hit the ball 200 yards with your driver your tee might be 100 yards up from the back tee from somebody who hits it mm-hmm. 300 yards so then when you land when that person lands their ball in the middle of the fairway you're landing at the exact same place as the person who hits the ball 300 yards mm-hmm. then the whole game's levelled off yep. so then it's a case of granted that person might be hitting a, a 9 iron or a wedge in and you're hitting a 4 or 5 iron in for your second shot but the driving distance thing is levelled there's a level playing field for everybody who's taken up the game, and I think that's a that could be something that's massively pushed, pushed in in, in Scotland and across the world. Mm. And it could make the game more social because you're probably going to be hitting the ball from around about the same place, yeah. ah, <laughs> so not, that's quite good like, as well. I'm not going to lie, I play on a Sunday morning. Like we've played a few Texas scrambles recently, and the Texas scrambles we played have mixed things up a little bit, <coughs> which meant that you weren't always just picking the person who could hit the ball the furthest. But the, like you see, if you get out there, like your ball could be 40, 50 yards in front of your playing partners. Like I can hit my four iron the same distance as a lot of the guys I play with, their driver. Mm. So if I'm hitting a driver, then you are walking along, you're, you're ahead of them. And then by the time they've hit their balls, you're standing waiting, then you've hit yours. You're, you're like well ahead and you're not actually with the play and it is it takes away the social aspect of the game which is one of the reasons that I play golf is for the social aspect of the whole game I've only ever seen it once but I have and I, I wish I could remember where but I have seen one course that said if you hit your driver this far you should use these tees 
and all the way down. And yeah. it was this genius. Massive. It makes a massive difference. So it does. And yeah, I think something. And there was something published this week. Was it not the head of the RNA? Did he not say something this week about clubs are going to have to start moving forward, loosen the dress code? Yep, that's right. Like yeah. to yeah. attract golfers, golf, golf clubs are closing everywhere across the country, and if they don't do something about it, it's gonna it's gonna kill them. Well, we had this conversation with James last week at Royal St. Ports. You know, that's a course with massive prestige and tradition, and there is a real appeal to that. I mean, for me, I, I love going to golf courses where you have to dress up, and that's one of the appeals for golf is that there is still a dress code that is adhered to. However more and more people are playing and I think more and more golf courses need to take themselves less serious and offer the ability to wear whatever you want. We're always going to have courses that want their dress code and that's fine. Um, but if Your, you, your you local municipal course should not well, be absolutely. asking you. No, that's when it gets stupid. If you're a <laughs> private club that thinks a bit of themselves, then okay. But yeah, yeah. if you're a, a, a muni, then what are you doing? What, like You're just destroying every aspect of getting people through your door which is your your municipal golf courses are there to grow the game like they're public funded they're there to help people keep fit get out play golf socialize and if you're forcing people to wear something that they particularly don't like wearing they're not gonna you're not helping the game and you're not helping yourselves and like i, I know the club my boss at the moment it plays at a club ravens park which is in Irvine. Mm-hmm. and it's a council run course and they're taking away the like they can't afford to keep the club running you can pay your fees to play the council course and their aspect of now having a club is put in the a BRS system in the toilets and you put in your own scores when you finish and there's no clubhouse to go into there's no <laughs> what I mean and and it, it shocked me because they said they had an AGM this week and they said they needed to keep the club aspect going and to make it worthwhile, they needed £50,000 income from from fees. And I think they were like, I think they were something like £10,000 short, which is, that's a lot of golfers. £10,000 yeah. is a lot. Of, like, it, it isn't, it isn't, because it's probably 30 or 40 golfers they need. That's a lot when you... When you're not a big club. Though. When you're not a big club yeah. and you're a council-run course and there's so many amazing courses round about you, mm-hmm. like St Bogside and yeah. like Gales, you've got Glasgow Gales, Western Gales, and a lot of these guys, if you, if you live in Irvine, travel 10 minutes, you can be at any of these courses and you could be at, yeah. you could be at the likes of Rowallan, which is borderline in the same price. It's maybe about £100 more okay. for your fees and your club because they pay a separate fees for their they pay the council for the fee to play the course and then they pay the council for their they pay the club the fee to 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 be a part to be a member to get their handicap and everything else and i just think that's another thing it's like if you lose that club atmosphere you're not gonna stay yeah because most people want that social aspect i mean golf clubs still offer social members memberships yeah. so you'll get guys who don't want to play golf they yeah. just want to be part of the yeah, club just want to be part of the social side of it uh, a good friend of mine played at glasgow gales and he loved golf he and i played quite a lot together but the club atmosphere just didn't work for him you know gales has a bit of a prestige about it and they have certain rules and things like that that he just didn't really go for 
And then he moved and he went to Bodwell Castle. Yeah. And all of a sudden he got wrapped up in this club and he plays he plays more than I do. He yeah. absolutely loves golf again because he's got a good bunch of guys. They've got a social bit to it, so they yeah. play golf, they go in for a drink, they even just go to the club for a yeah. drink sometimes. And you know, that's what it's all about. I've, I've actually never really had that. I've not really played at a club. I had junior teams and stuff, yeah. um, but I've tended to play at resort courses. So you don't have that membership things, uh, yeah. that social thing so our often. side, our course is moving towards that club atmosphere. That's good. It's it's only a new course, it's only 11 year old, and it, it is embedding in, it is getting that atmosphere. And I mean, our Sunday, our Sunday league thing, is what the clubs need. They need something that is inviting everybody. It's getting everybody playing, and it's just it's a different atmosphere. And it's an atmosphere that makes you go, "Okay, well, I'm going to go play golf." It's raining, <laughs> but I want to go play golf. Yeah. It's 40 mile an hour winds, like it was a couple of weeks ago, but I want to go play golf. And if you've got that atmosphere at your club where you're like, "I want to go play golf with the guys," that's what sells it, and that's what makes it. But then again, that's also what can destroy a club for people because it is like that because you've got not every golf course and club membership is as inviting mm -hmm. and it's you could be looked down upon if you're not as good a golfer they've got the the membership at places where it is you turn up with the collar and the tie and a lot of people turn up with like that and they're like well I don't want to come play golf this is not this is not for me and then that might that aspect of it all might move them somewhere else if there's not as much of a relaxed and social kind of atmosphere to the whole thing. But then that's the club manager's job to make sure that when you're bringing people into your club, you put them in contact with the right people that yeah. you think they're going to like to be with. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things, when I worked in Luxembourg, I saw a cool thing where clubs don't actually, you, you don't pick who you play with in medals. So your handicaps are just put in numerical order. This is balloted. Yeah, and you just go out and guys and girls play in the same medal at the same time yeah. and it just goes down through the order until you've got your best players playing at the back. Yeah. And it means that every single weekend you're playing with someone new, you're getting to know the same people because you're probably showing up to the tee at the same time yeah. as other people, so you'll finish at the same time and you can create your social life in the golf club, so to speak, through that. But I think that's one of the best things I've seen because when you can pick who you want to play with in mm -hmm. medals, whilst there's an appeal there, yeah. that's when you get cliques and they aren't probably so yeah, good for clubs. That's, I think, I, it's something I've only ever, ever experienced once, because we have, we have a BRS booking system, which I'm probably sure you're aware of, and you can just go and put your name on and join anybody, yep. which is one of the great things about where we are, and you can always get a tea time, but if you just turn up and you're like, well, nobody's out, I'll just go up and play. I always check the BRS system to go, well, there's a person going out at this time, I'll maybe just go and join them. I maybe not, not know who they are, but I'll just go, they're playing, I'll go up there and, and if they fancy a game with me, if they don't, it doesn't matter to me. But there's once it happened where I put my name down beside two people and they moved their time. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they knew that, they heard about you. They, they heard about it. They knew the no, story. They, just, they were like, this was their little, they played. Yeah. They played as a two or a three ball and they didn't want another member joining and it was the same for them every Come week. On. This is the way it went for them. And <laughs> I put my name down beside them. I went, this is the time I want to play. Put my name down. And then I got an email saying, your time is like, uh, this person's pulled out, this person's pulled out. And, and it tells you, it emails you to tell you that they've all pulled out and you're just going, 
yeah, that makes me feel wonderful about going to play golf tomorrow and then things like that are people like that are the people who ruin the game of golf yeah because absolutely if you if you just want to play with your mates every week block off the tea block off that other tea time so that people can't join you because mm. to be honest with you I don't want to join you that, no, it's going to be inside jokes for yeah, 18 holes it's going to be inside jokes for 18 holes I'm not going to understand what you are talking about <laughs> and just write there should be a description box in the BRS system going me and my mates like to play together we like to disappear in the bushes together. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, just let us know and then like we won't join you. But uh, have you ever gone round, like, so I think we've all been there as golfers. You're out on the course, you're maybe getting in nine holes after work, so you're on your own, yeah. and you see someone ahead of you or behind you, and you either speed up or slow down so that you can catch up with them. Yeah. Have you ever done that and regretted it? Because I've not. I always... I've am, never regretted it so far. Yeah. Um, I always meet someone. Yeah. You've at least got the common interest of golf. Yeah. And you just share an afternoon with a stranger, Plus, and it's amazing. Now every time you see them at the golf course, it's they someone say hi else. To you. Yep, it's another person that they'll go. Oh, that's thing. If I play golf with him once, I'll, I'll put my name down beside him on the on the timesheet. And like, I met one of the founding members of Rowal and one of the guys who was there when it opened. And wow. and it's not like he's just been a member ever since, and he'll always be a member because of the way the course started and it was a lovely guy and he's it was so funny because I was playing with him and he's a half decent golfer and we're getting round and he was just like we got to the 11th hole which is the dog leg par 4 pretty <laughs> which is <laughs> which is pretty that's good it's good to work that in there but yeah that's the hardest hole in the course and I was chatting away to him. I was like, I'm new here. He's like, oh, I've been, I've played here for years. And I was like, that's fine. Great. You can help show me around and teach me how to play the course. And little did he realize that I was a kind of half decent golfer. And we got to the 11th hole and he's like, hardest hole in the course. And I'm just like, okay. And he's like, never parred this hole. I've never parred this hole. Never parred it. Well, I took out my, my driver curled one right round the corner left myself a sandwich into the green and walked off with a birdie and when the guy's face is absolutely dropped and he's just he's just like I can't believe you just did that he goes I've never been able to par this hole please tell me you turned around and said neither have I uh, and I <laughs> and I was like I was like that's just pure beginner's luck and then we got to the next hole and I pulled out the driver and I greened the par 4 12th and from that moment it, it, but from that moment like I'm now friends with this guy and I play with if he's ever out I always go and play with him or if I see him there I always have a chat to him and moments like that these people remember stuff like that and, and if you can hit the ball pretty far with people and you're playing with people who don't hit the ball pretty far it it makes for fun conversation because yep. people don't get the fact that I'm not a big person and I can step up onto the a tee and hit a driver 280, 290 down a fairway and then that just shocks them <laughs> because or you step up onto a par 3 which is 160 yards and you take out a 9 iron and that freaks people out because they're like I'm hitting a 7 and I was like yeah but that's alright don't yeah, don't, don't worry about that just because I'm a, <laughs> I'm not a big person doesn't mean that like you shouldn't be able to 
hit the ball with that far and I just think that's funny and but that creates lasting memories for these people as well mm. watching watching their course being played I'm not saying in a way that it should be played but watching them see a hole that destroys them and somebody turning it around and making it a hole that is very yeah can be complete opposite if you can hit a long ball yeah and it's it's always one of those moments I, I, again, I, I get it quite a lot as well. But when someone says to you, "Well, my line is this," but I've no idea what your line is, mm-hmm. you go, ah, "Okay, that's cool." Um, but it's 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 just great to to be around these guys. Like if you're with a founding member of your golf club, I mean that's quite a privilege to yeah. have the round with that person and hear more about the history of your club. Be it 10, 11 years old, it's yeah. still a well, privilege to get that inside story. He's, he's been there when it first opened, and then he's there now. And he'll probably always be a member there, and it's it's great for for likes of me who was new to to play with somebody who could who could show you around the course and go, this used to be here, they've changed that, they've mm-hmm. changed this, and then, you learn about the golf course and you learn more about the history of why it became a golf course. Yeah, I had this situation a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago now. I forget how far in the year we are, um, but. I'm thinking of moving to a new golf course, I'm moving house, so um, my friend that I was talking about that's now at Bodwell Castle, he said, well, come along, play with my group, and I did, and we got to the first tee, there was eight of us, no, ten of us, balls got thrown up, groups were sorted, and out we went, and it was great fun, and, you know, this is the beauty of golf, you've got, let's say, four and a half hours to be with people that you maybe don't know at all, And you've got to make conversation, yeah. you've got to find common grounds, otherwise you're gonna be really bored. Mm-hmm. As much as you love golf, you've got to fill the time. You actually oh, play yeah, golf yeah. very a very small amount of the time you're out there. So it's good for conversation as well. Like even in my own life, I, I can talk to anyone yeah, because I play golf. I think I think my wife finds that fascinating that I can be put into I can be thrown into any social social situation and I don't care. Whereas she's like, mm-hmm. and it's like a family event and you don't know anybody. And she's like, yep. I, like I don't drink very much. So she finds that even stranger because <laughs> she's a bit of a wallflower. And then when she's had a drink, she'll be like, oh, I'll, t- I'll chat to anybody. And I'm just like, whereas I don't need that. I'm just like, yeah, who cares? Yep. <laughs> it's like, I'll chat to anybody. But golf from a young age teaches you that. You don't always get paired with people you know, mm. so you have to. You spend four and a half hours getting to know somebody, yep. and but you could come off the course and know their whole life story, which, yeah. which is some people like to talk about that and give you every bit of information that they can give you in four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes too much information, but it's a great, it's a great learning curve, and it teaches you that as a kid to not be, not shy away from conversation and meeting strangers and interacting with new people because it's a life lesson that you're always gonna always gonna have and always gonna enjoy one of my favorite stories about something like this was uh, i played for two teams at one time when i was a junior and we both both teams played greenock in one week at greenock so i ended up playing against the same guy twice and on the ninth or tenth hole of the second round he turned around to me and he went when i saw you in the putting green on the first day i thought you looked like a bit of a dick but you're all right. <laughs> so, thanks. <laughs> but I mean, that was, I guess, I had won him over with 18 or 10 holes oh, of chat at but, that point. But you, <laughs> you can see that. Like, everybody's. Yeah. Is it, what is it they say that when you meet somebody, 
the first 15 seconds. Six. Is it six? Mm -hmm. I knew it was something like it's silly. Not much. Like your decision, your mind is completely made up on that yeah. person. And like, you might not even talk to the person. But when you see somebody, you're like, six seconds later, you're like, you've made a full opinion of that person. And that can be completely shattered with an actual conversation, yep. which is, but you could walk up to the, the golf course and you could watch somebody on a range and go, idiot. <laughs> doing? Or like, look at him. He's dressed like this. He's dressed like that. And that, that instantly you're just like, because like you instantly, if you walked up to a golf course, you saw somebody on the putting green with a pair of royal and awesome trousers on, you'd go, no, nah, I'm not playing with him. I, my, my initial thought would be he better be able to hit a ball. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That's exactly what you think. And I, I think that's, I've got a pair of them, those trousers. I did it. Because I won them. Same. <laughs> Long drive contest, I won them. <laughs> and uh, the matching hat. Is it Golf in Scotland? Golf in Scotland, that's where I won mine. I won mine from Golf in Scotland was the, Texas, the Masters Texas Scramble. Uh, Have no, you ever played the Masters was, Texas nah. Scramble? Mine was an event at Creel. Great competition. Masters Texas Scramble gives you the option to win tickets to go to the Masters every year. Wow. So it's a, it's a Texas Scramble, so there's like, I think there's like 50 or 40 qualifying events mm. through the whole year. And they play at different courses, and you put your team in. Texas Scrambles are very terrible. It's a brilliant format and a terrible I love format. It. I love I Texas love Scramble. But I don't like the cheating side of it. Oh, that's always going to happen. That's always going to happen. Somebody's always going to want to win yeah. more than you do. I doubt it. Even Penny's disgusted. <laughs> Even yeah. Penny's disgusted at that. She got a growl. But the, I think it's fascinating when you see that format and people who are willing to cheat mm. in in order to win. But we we went, we entered one. It was a Cali Palace and Gatehouse, lovely course, and that's that whole place is run by one gardener. It's like one gardener looks after that place, and he's a is <laughs> he, a gardener. He's not a greenkeeper. This is a course that is just open to the public in the past couple of years. It was purely for if you stayed in the hotel, you could play golf at the golf course. And then they opened it up to the public. I've never been able to get away with offering a membership because I think it would detract from all the other local golf courses because it's a really grand golf course mm -hmm. and it's a lovely setup. The only thing I don't like is it's got shocking bunkers. <laughs> it's like, you know those bunkers when like you've played Royal and you've seen the bunkers there mm -hmm. kill you when you go in them yeah this course it's like it's like a bit of sand on the ground all uh, right you could put out them you could put out them. Uh -huh. yeah they're yeah, not bunkers but when but you come from scotland we're spoiled in bunkers yeah, like a bunker you're, you're does is a proper links yeah bunker. proper deep have to hit a wedge out and yeah like, barely see the horizon yeah, barely, uh, and these ones were side of the you know, green side and it's like it's just like a little kiddie sand trap <laughs> like two inches deep and you're just like what's actually happening here I was like you're not actually making me play a good shot to get out all I have to do is hit it and it's going to make it out whereas you want some kind of face there to actually yeah. force you to get the ball up but yeah we we won we actually won the Texas scramble that day nice did you cheat? no we didn't <laughs> I played I played really well my cousin is a four handicapper played really well and we had a, we had a ringer you, are, you have to have one. You have to have a ringer on every handicap team and every uh, Texas Scrambled team. You need a person who's got a handicap in the high 20s. Yep, but you know can still play to about 12. All they need to do 
what do they only need to do? Hit three drive. That's it. Yeah, then you've done your job. Go home. Mate, that's all I'm asking <laughs> from you today is three drives <laughs> yeah. anywhere in a fairway. That must be horrendous though. Luckily, I've never been that guy. But yeah, being I've the guy that, that you guy. know you need three from. Yeah. Oh. Like, that's all we need from you. Three drives, we're laughing. And we had a ringer there. He was a 28 handicapper. He was a greenkeeper. Doesn't play a lot of golf. But he, he, was, he wanted involved. And we beat... We were out first thing in the morning. So that is the best time to go out if you're in a Texas scramble. Mm-hmm. Because, but I'm saying that. If you like to cheat, you go out like second or third to last. Because then you know <laughs> the scores that are in. But... Uh, we were out quite early in the morning and we shot a, a pretty decent score and we thought yeah well, that's that's gonna do i think we were something like nine under par and our handicap was 4.5 or something so like we played nice. really well nine nine birdies no bogeys like that's like that's a good round of golf there was three guys four guys sorry all like almost scratch golfers with a handicap of one or something like all like low single figure golfers shot I think they were something like 13 under par scratch and with our handicap off was 14 I think we were something like I think we beat them by 0.5 or something like that nice but so we got to go to the final and when you got to the final of the Masters Texas Scramble uh, you get the, you have to wear you've all got to wear your team tartan trousers and you get to pick from Royal Nossum but see, when you get to the final, you have a dedicated marker. Which that's is, how it has to be. That's how it has that's to good. be, because... And do you want to know something? See the guys we beat at the Cali Palace? Entered another one. Won it. <laughs> and won the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> you should get one entry and one entry only. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Ended up winning the whole thing. Like, because I, I was sitting there, I was like seen the prize given and everything I'm going I recognise those guys <laughs> and they went out and won it and fair see, play yeah like but you can enter as many of these as you want mm. it's 20 quid a guy that's good or, or is it 50 or 60 quid a team so it's 15 quid a guy and for the chance to go to the Masters and play it's like and watch you get to play some golf go and watch it's a no brainer why are we not entering these I don't know. I've, I, I think we should. I think we should <laughs> enter one this year. We'll find a, a master, like a golf in Scotland Masters Texas Scramble, and we'll enter one. They have one at Brassy. Right, let's do it. I think. I think uh, the Masters isn't far away. I think we're too late now. I think it'll be done but next but year. It gets us in the mood. Yeah, it gets us in the mood. Yeah, the Masters isn't far away, which is uh, which is going to be good. But yeah, I think fun events like that are, are also good, even if like I think that's what clubs should be having a lot more of. It's fun events where people can get involved and not worry about a handicap not worry about having to play well and not having to worry about because if you go out there and you're playing stroke play every single shot counts mm-hmm. and I hate that <laughs> I think I think Stableford's a, a really good yes. format because once people get it in their head and all handicapping is now done by Stableford yeah. so that's good but when you get it in your head it doesn't matter about every shot so much but one of the best new things I've seen in golf it's been going for a few years now is Women's Golf Day I don't know if it's something you're aware of but around the middle of June it's usually about June 19th every year golf clubs around the world and it's an astonishing amount of golf clubs that do this put on events for women 
So I've been involved in a couple through All Square when I worked there. Yeah. And I did one at Reunion Resort and it, it can be as little as driving range time. Mm-hmm. And it's just to allow women to network at their home club. But also, even if you're not a member and you want to find out about your local club, you come along, yeah. you meet a bunch of girls that you know play in your area and you just chat and get to know each other. And what they also do is they'll have that and then they'll do a dinner or something like that. And every year this gets bigger and bigger. And I would love to see the equivalent for just a beginner's golf day. Yeah. Where that would be brilliant. Yeah. Maybe even an, an open doors day at your local golf club. You, I mean, what have golf clubs got to lose? They, they close the course for, say, one Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and anyone that lives in the area that's interested can come along. You can try the driving range, the facilities, you can go out on the golf course, no pressure, hopefully no dress code, and just go out and see what a golf course is like. Because they are intimidating places if you've not grown up in that world. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think that's something I'll pitch to the people at Rowan. I know they, I know think they always get involved in the ladies golf day um, it's brilliant they have normally have a Texas scramble and it's I think it's I think uh, we don't have a lot of ladies members at our place purely based I think on the fact that the course is very difficult and it's long and it's not an easy course to learn on and to to learn golf that is not where you want to try and learn golf no. it's you're looking for your local municipal golf course to try and learn or a driving range but like you say a pitch and putt I think golf courses in Scotland are missing this thing I've said to the people at Rowallan we've got a spare land behind the first tee get a designer in make it a par 3 course no rough fun greens where the ball runs towards the hole put the position like make 4 or 5 positions where the ball's going to run towards the hole give people the chance of getting a hole-in-one and give kids the chance of getting a hole-in-one because this is what's going to go okay what I can do this Mm -hmm. and bunkers that are fun greens that are fun fun little water hazards to to make it interesting but no rough so that you're not penalised for going a bit wayward because this is it's all about having people enjoy the game which is Tiger Woods' Blue Jack National is that not mm-hmm. it's part of what he's after yeah Yeah, he's no rough no mm-hmm. rough on the course because it speeds up the game you don't have to worry about what kind of shot you're going to play you're going up and you're playing the same shot as you're always going to play mm-hmm. and you're not having to hack the ball out just to the side if you can't get, if you don't get a good lie and I think for there needs to be a lot more beginner places like this I think there's a few places in Scotland but there's not many. No, and so I, quite a few times in my life I've taken someone that doesn't play golf to the driving range and it really is quite rewarding to watch someone who can't hit a golf ball miss it, miss it, miss it. Then they hit one and you see it in their, their eyes. face lights up. Yeah, and you see it and you're like, oh God, I remember that. And you still get it. Like I still on the golf course if I'm, you know, maybe stuck behind a tree and I want to Turn slice it, it or hook yep. it or, you know, um, to get to the green. And you pull it off, you get that buzz again. Yeah, and oh, it's you're just such like, a good feeling. Oh, you're just like, oh, yeah, I did it. <laughs> and this is one of the things that you really miss if you're learning how to play and you get on the golf course for the first time because you've gone from thinking I can hit a ball, I'm okay, to I have no idea what I'm doing now. Yeah, so is... if you've got these courses that are easy to play, like pitching putts, like 
um, like I hadn't thought of the idea of making the holes so that the ball collects yeah. you're going to get that feeling on a golf course you're going to start putting scores together yeah. and the golf course is the, the real golf course so to speak is going to start to make challenge. more sense yeah, it's mm. gonna, you, if you can get from tee to green without much of a, a hassle and then the, the putt and you learn how to putt then a few bunkers to learn some bunker shots then all of a sudden you're getting this bit of momentum that w- that's w- leading you up to going to play the actual golf course and going like I'm ready to go and play 18 holes on a full size golf course granted you might lose a few balls but everybody loses golf balls don't worry about that because <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> when I've got my driver in my hand anything is possible <laughs> but then again you see you see people's face light up top golf top yep. golf's coming to scotland they broke ground sure, this week they did. Oh, it's yeah. coming <laughs> it's coming <laughs> you know it's going to be nothing like vegas you know it's not have you how many top golfs have you been to is vegas you've been to Two. orlando i've been to orlando and i've been to vegas so if it's like orlando i can deal with that i've not done orlando i've done vegas and i've done west palm beach mm-hmm. And they weren't any. They were not alike. Vegas was unbelievable. Vegas, Vegas is just on a different level. I mean, those screens at the back of the yeah. the range. You can watch. It's like watching TV. <laughs> and you get the Ferris wheel over there. Yeah. You got the strip. And West Palm Beach also, just wasn't as. And you've also got a swimming pool. With yeah. With a walk like a swim up bar. <laughs> Which every range needs. Every range needs this. Uh, World of golf, if you're listening. Yeah, but it's it's. Top golf is amazing, and what it's doing for golf in general is brilliant. And the fact that it's coming to Scotland has been a long time coming, mm. and they're looking for people as well. They said they're going to have 300, 300, 300 jobs, jobs. 300 that's, golf jobs. Yes, that's a, that's, that's a good. M- massive from golf perspective, jobs point of view. So it is. Mm. Granted, a lot of it. There's not going to be mainly 300 golf jobs. It's going to be. It's jobs based in the golf industry. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of it. It's going to be the service kind of industry, which is looking after you and making sure your cocktails are topped up. <laughs> you have to have a drink at Top Golf. Imagine a night out, you go to Top Golf, have a few beverages, hit a oh, few I'm, shots. I'm so excited. And then into town, carry on your night. Yeah. I like, Why I'm not? I'm so excited already. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know when it opens. It's probably going to be like two years time or something. Like that. <laughs> but so it's okay. It started, and that's the main thing. Yeah, they broke ground for it this week. And, <laughs> but you go by their Instagram; they knock these places up like very quickly when they start them. Mm-hmm. And but like you see that you see that look of <clears throat> thingy on people's faces when I take my wife. She loves it. She loves Top Golf. Well, hates golf. Loves Top Golf. So, so I describe Top Golf to people as the fun part of bowling, and then as you would go and roll a bowling ball, you just go and hit a golf ball. Yes. But it's the same setup. Yeah. I mean, even the competition, you can set it up so that you're trying to get points and things like that. Yeah. You can level the playing field. So if you're there with good golfers, they have to do a bit more to get their points than people who don't play. It's brilliant, and it's hopefully going to be so good at getting more people into the game. Yeah. And because one of the things that's weird about golf that I've just been thinking about as we've been talking, but when you teach kids to play football, for example, what do they do? They go out and play football. Yeah. They kick the ball around with friends and they don't really work on technique until they start to get a bit older. To learn golf, you sit and hit golf balls. Yeah. 
Now, that would be the equivalent of going to learn how to play football and just kicking the ball. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. you don't. Obviously, that happens, but the main part of learning how to play football is to go and play it. And golf has to be the same. You yeah. just have to create an the atmosphere. environment. And Top Golf does that. Top Golf creates an atmosphere that makes it fun. You're socialising. And you're not, it's not just your typical range where you're going and knocking balls for an hour. Like when you go to Top Golf, you play games. Yeah. You play. Like Alana absolutely loves the target practice. Gives yourself something to actually aim to. Yeah. So even if you are a, a golfer and you play a lot, you're probably going to get more out of your practice session at yeah. Top Golf than you would just beating balls at a normal range. Because you, you get points for how close you get it to the, the centre of the flag, mm-hmm. like to that. So if you're ten feet off, you might get five points. If you're two feet off, you might get twenty points. And if you can repeat this you get more points, everything doubles up yep. and if you can keep that repetition going and then, and then think if you hit the back of the range you get good points as well but you've got to hit, it's got to land, hit the hit the fence and drop into the actual place at the back and it's a small minority like the, when you hit it, it bounces off the fence and you're just like so angry. you just got to hit a hybrid, we skidder on yep. the bottom and it drops in. But we, me and my mates played in Vegas and they hate golf. They think it's boring and they love to tell me that. Um, but we went, we had a few drinks, we had a good time and we all had the same amount of fun. Yeah. And as I say, they hate golf, but it's, it just it, became a, let's see if we can fire them over the fence at yeah, the end. It's not a golfer's fun place. It is fun for golfers, but yep. it's fun for everybody if you don't even like golf. Because I took, when we went to Vegas, I took my brother-in-law and sister-in-law never even thought about playing golf in their life and they had a great time they were like this is brilliant fun mm-hmm. like I'm fear enjoying this and because it was it wasn't just stepping up and hitting a ball into nothing you were having fun games and competitions with each other and there was food and alcohol involved like you say it is like it's like bowling for golf mm-hmm. there's like social side of it and there's alcohol involved if you want to have alcohol and yeah I'm just I'm absolutely buzzing buzzing for it to open here it's transcended the world of golf it's become a sort of brand that people recognise yeah I think anyone that's been to Vegas knows about it because when you're in the MGM you see signs you for see it you see signs for it everywhere and you probably get intrigued so there's that as you say there's a pool um, so we need more things like this that just help break down some of the barriers make it seem a bit less stuffy because mm-hmm. it still is you might never get away from that but as long as there's options out there then great like I say one putt seems like a brilliant thing and it's just to make people realise that golf can be fun without the tweed oh yeah it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to have those plus fours on and you don't have to have a, a collar on which has been a big thing just recently with Adidas's range and wearing specific types of clothes and to me if you feel comfortable I don't really care like if, if you're out there and you're playing golf and you feel comfortable in what you're wearing I'm all for that granted I know if you go to specific clubs there is a dress code and I'll always adhere to that because that is if you want to play golf there you've got to suck it up and you've got to it's their rules that's their rules you've got to follow their rules but like, I can actually wear a hat in my clubhouse. What? Which is, which is terrible. It's not terrible. I think it's brilliant. Of all places to support that. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. <laughs> but you can. Because 
although it's a clubhouse, it's still a restaurant. Mm. So you can't stop people who are coming out for a meal and somebody wants to wear a trendy hat. I always remember. <laughs> my, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I always, I always remember playing uh, in a couple of Canadian Junior Golf Association events when I was a kid and the first time I walked into the clubhouse I took my hat off and I looked around and and it's just habit because you're trained your yeah. hat comes off when you get in the clubhouse oh, always and I walked in and everyone's wearing their hats and I was like what is going on and so sheepishly I put my hat back on and then realised it's okay the world didn't end yep. I've got my hat on in a clubhouse and it's alright it's it's one of them things I think it's because our place transcends between clubhouse and restaurant if you've got people coming out for a meal you're not going to turn them away oh this is a this is a clubhouse by the way you need to take, take your hat <laughs> yeah. off it's that's just not going to happen and it's the same as well although they hate it uh, Trump Turnberry hmm? you go to their clubhouse you can go in with a hat on money talks money talks the they've, Americans don't take their hats off in they've opened it up to the public that moment that you open up a golf clubhouse to the public to come and eat in that rule goes has to has to go because like I was in the last time I played I was sitting with what I would class as three grumpy old golfers <laughs> like one of them's my uncle I, I, he's brilliant brilliant entertainment but this is old school grumpy golf yeah as soon as we walked in, he actually t- like he pointed to the server and went, "That person has a hat on." <laughs> and she and the server just went, "I know." And and he was like, "Well, can you ask her to take it off?" And, and she was like, "No, I can't because they're here for food." It, and it was like a a berry. It was like it wasn't a, like a a skip cap or. An Adidas cap or a Nike cap, it was a berry. But I don't know if I'd allow hipsters at my golf course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was instant, it was furious with this. And I'm just I'm just going, it's alright, it's not gonna kill you. It's don't worry about them. You've just in, we've just played the Ailsa course. Like, why are you getting so stressed out about somebody wearing a hat in the clubhouse? But that's it. You open the club you open the clubhouse to members of the public the rules change everything changes because you can't force people to adhere to those rules who are not playing golf it is amazing how annoyed people get at hats it's just a hat but one of the when it comes to clubhouse golf fashion and etiquette and rules and things like that for dress an interesting thing I've watched over the last few years has been Eric Anders Lang who we both know you better than I but he, when he first got into golf, he wasn't interested. One of the things he hated most about golf was the strict rules about what you have to wear. The dress code. He hated it. But as he's started to get into it more and been invited to some of the most amazing places in the world and become quite a figurehead for the new movement in golf, yeah, he's actually started to stick to the rules more. And this is something I think that golf clubs should look at because if you can just get people into the club you probably will get wrapped up in the fact that golfers dress this way because yes. you have your heroes that you watch and you love to watch the sport and that's what they were. But he he likes things that are made by golf companies but that don't look like golf clothes. Yeah, but he's, all, all of a sudden now he's wearing the collar. He's wearing the collar. He's is, wearing golf shoes. Yeah. You know, and he, at first he didn't do things like that yeah. and now he does. 
and I think, I think that's been interesting. I think, I think he likes the because he, he he will tell you himself when he first started playing golf, he would go to a shop that doesn't sell golf clothes to find stuff to play golf in. Oh, well, he used to go to thrift thrift stores. Thrift stores, yeah. It was amazing. He was wearing Lakers tops. And, yeah, yeah. And and it's that that whole thing now, and you need a lot of money, I think, now to get. Eric out in a, in a I think he's sponsored by JL now so <laughs> he's doing alright <laughs> but he's I think he's wearing a lot of stuff from everybody I think I think you need some cash now to actually get him to wear something yeah he's got a big following um, <clears throat> and companies pay a lot of money to have him promote things so yeah, yeah that he'll cost I like that's the dream yeah <laughs> Here you go. We're paying I'm, you to wear I'm going to give you these golf clothes and I'm going to pay you handsomely to wear them. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers. I'll wear them down the shops. Yep. No worries. Yeah, I'll wear them 24-7 if you're going to pay me to play with these on. Yes. But that, no, that's, <laughs> uh, that's where it's changing and I think it's brilliant to see that side of it where he wasn't one for a stick. He wasn't one for the rules and what, but he still, Eric still isn't one for it. Getting messages here. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not one for the rules. But he's not one for the rules. He's he's he's, he's approaching them in a different way. Mm. He's approaching them. He still has respect for the game, but realizes things need to change. Yeah, and to me, like I I don't really care what you're wearing on the golf course. Mm. That's fine. I just care that you take care of the golf course, and that's not, like for people behind you. Don't hack up bunkers. Make sure you rake them. Repair your pitch marks. Yeah. Repairing pitch marks is such a huge thing. And maybe this is another thing that people who are taking up golf don't understand. You've got all these rules that I've got to repair my pitch mark. I don't really know how to do that. Most golfers still don't know how to repair pitch marks. They do it uh, wrong. They all lift it up. Mm-hmm. You don't lift up a pitch, yeah. pitch mark. Like You pull the grass in, the fresh grass into it and then like cover it up because if you lift it up you're lifting the damaged grass mm-hmm. and like exposing that but it's something so fundamental that people are probably embarrassed to ask you know how they actually do this you might have been playing golf 25 years but just ask I know and there's that there's where do I stand I can't walk over your line um, you know there's all these things that aren't normal for people that don't play golf of course they're second nature now to me and to you yeah. and things like that but you know, there, there should, clubs should also probably put hand inductions in place. A, a little, a little, a little notice board, or yeah. a little, like there should be people making little videos of general like do's and don'ts mm. on the course. And clubs should be showcasing these. And every club had, nowadays has a Facebook page. Yeah, share, should have. Sh- share it with your members. Yeah, like make little videos. Your club, if your club pro is doing nothing during the day, he's not selling any Mars bars get him out there and get him making videos for your club educating your members it's not rocket science it's not something that's going to cost you a lot of money everybody has phones with great cameras on them a little bit of editing which comes free with all the phones nowadays Mm -hmm. little videos on your Facebook show it to your members this is how you repair a pitch mark repair this is how you repair a pitch mark this is how you do it. This is how you replace a divot. This is how you, if you if you've got sandboxes, this is how you replace the sand on a and a and a like a divot on a green on a uh, tee. Like you say, don't walk on somebody's line. Pay attention to where their ball is. It's just simple things. Like also for speeding up the game, you see where your ball is in the green. 
You don't have to leave your clubs at the front of the green when the pin's at the back. Take your clubs to the back of the green so that when you've putted out, you're just walking straight off the back of the green and you're not holding up the group behind you. They can play straight away. There's like little things like that, subtle videos. I'll probably start making some of them. I'm actually going to make some and just <laughs> educate people. <laughs> but it's a good idea. And because when you when you see people on a golf course for the first few times, they are like people walking up to a self-checkout in a supermarket for the first time. They shit the bed. They lose all sense of sensibility because they're worried. But they're going to do something wrong. Yeah, they're, they're actually, they're not doing it to be obstructive. They tend to be doing it because they're worried they do something wrong and they play it safe. They end yeah. up doing it wrong. But that's again when members and people who know have to sort of reach out and go, it's Educate. all right, yeah. I've been there before. I know what you're going through this is what you do don't worry about it if you're ever in doubt just ask yeah. ask somebody who's who you're playing with and it's the same as well for actual rules rules are a, a stickler because it's it's hard to know all the rules nobody's ever going to know all the rules and even the pros don't know all the rules you see them getting fines and extra strokes added all the time because they don't know the rules. They know most of them. They know the ones that mainly affect them. The ones that help. Yeah, and then the ones that help. How can I get a drop to improve my lie? It's, there is all this stuff there, but see when you're playing your usual Saturday morning game, you're going to get the odd person who is the rules guy. And he's when you're playing with that person that day, just don't do anything stupid. Like, don't stand in the bit of grass behind your ball to try and improve your line. Don't do that kind of stuff. But you shouldn't do it in general. But everybody, like, you, you see people doing this kind of thing. And, like, if people can improve their lie without breaching a rule, they're going to try. <laughs> and it's terrible. But everybody, and then you're going to play with guys some days who don't know the rules. So you can do it. And then, like, you can do loads of stuff. And you're never going to get called for it. Golf's the easiest sport in the world to cheat at. Yeah, well, it's icon, apparently. But yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard. I just. I just actually like, thought about what you said there. But yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, every club's got the rules guy, the committee boys, mm -hmm. the ones that get bullied by their wife at home, so they're <laughs> king of the hill when they get to the golf club. Fine, they exist as part of the golf club culture. Just enjoy them. Have a laugh with them. They're not bad people. They just don't have much happening in their lives. That's yeah. not your fault. It's if you if you know that rule book inside and out. Like kudos to you. But but life. Yeah, generally I really I know the rules that affect me and the ones that are gonna cost me points and cost me like something. And then you just don't don't do it. Like golf's always had that gentleman aspect mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people out there who are out for themselves and it's like I want to win <laughs> and it's like they'll do whatever they can and that extra ball in their pocket to drop in the rough and all that kind of stuff and that I, we play we play golf with a guy quite regularly and you're just like nah you did not score that but how do you approach that how do you approach that situation and that's situations that are awkward and you're just like is it Patrick Reed? Let's count back. Oh yeah, he's definitely one. I play golf with him on a regular. But no, it's like let's count back. You've just said you had a nine. I can count nine shots before you were even at the green. Mm. So it's things like that, that fresh air that you forgot about and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and it, things like that fascinate me. And it, see, at the end of the day, 
see as long as that person isn't gonna win it doesn't bother me yeah if they're just turning up to play their golf enjoy themselves they don't really win they turn up because this is what they do and they like to I think a lot of the time they don't care because they're like well it's a nine I'm, I'm putting down for a nine it's not really it's not really that bad yeah <laughs> it's not double digits it's not double digits so it's not really that bad mm. but it is it's terrible <laughs> But I think that that's the lesser of two evils for them. I'm not. I'm not giving myself a five or a six. I'm giving myself a nine. It's still yeah. cheating. But it's like I'm at that point where I'm like, well, if that's what you want to put down, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not caring. I'm not. You're not going to beat me. If it if it came to the point where the person was going to beat you, that's when it would be like an issue. If they're going, yeah, that was a, that was a good four there, wasn't it? No, it was like a seven. <laughs> Yeah. But you get you get these people, and that can be quite daunting as well. If you don't know the rules, like mm-hmm. learn some rules, learn the ones that you need to know, how to take a drop, how to enforce a penalty on yourself. If you need to, yeah, out of bounds. Learn your out of bounds rules. Learn your mistakes, your stakes, markings. Yeah. Learn your markings. Learn the ones that generally mean something to you, and the ones that are you're gonna come up against. Don't sit there and listen to that rule book and read it all and then go, oh my God, this is like... I could... And then when you're out in the course, you'll add to your mates, by the way, rule 34B <laughs> is uh, I am standing... My heel is standing on this grate, so I'd like a, like a drop because it's impeding my stance and all this. Kind of... yeah. That stuff is just nonsense. But this, this... is... Sorry. No, go that, for it. This is another problem we have with golf is that it, you have time to look up rules as you play. You know, you couldn't in the middle of most sports look up the rules as you go. Yeah. Golf you can <clears> and there's provision for that. You can call a ref if you're playing in a certain competition. <clears throat> yeah. So we have time to look up rules and make sure we're doing the right thing. I mean, I guess the thing is that if you're unsure and even now after me playing, what, this will be my 26th, 27th year playing golf, which is terrifying. Um, there's still rules I don't know. Oh, and yeah, the rules completely. have changed quite a lot. Every year something changes. In the last couple of years we've seen bigger changes. If you're unsure, just play one ball the way you think it is. Play another ball the way you think it could yeah. be. Mark, it, mark both scores on your card and get a rule in at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. you don't need to be afraid of it. I actually carry a rule book. I do. There's one in my bag as well. And I've got the app, which is brilliant because you can search. I've never needed to use them, but they're there in case, um, and that's oh, all you can do. I always kept one. I always took one because they were free. They're free, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, there's a free Amazing. book. I'll yeah. just have a free book. I'll take a free book. Yeah, but no, nah, that's there's so many things that makes golf daunting, and I think pushing forward, I like the simplifying of the rules, putting with the flag in, yep. the knee drop. I liked all this stuff that made it easier for people who to take up the game and what's happening I don't know it looks like it stopped oh there we go sorry. I know sorry <laughs> caught my eye just caught your eye yeah. it was, I think was playing catch up there alright sorry yeah we're, we're testing out this new setup today which hopefully you'll be able to see because we're videoing this as well and yeah it's a different it's a different feeling so hopefully our, our, our idea for this is to take this on the road yep coming to a clubhouse near you yes Hats off in the clubhouse, and 
I will, unless we're filming on it, Roland, I will have my hat off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the idea is to take this. Ideally, what we'd like to do is play golf in the clubhouse, record a podcast. Yeah. Have people from the course, members, some people involved, and get just a feel for for different clubhouses and atmospheres and record in different places and meet different people and spread the word of trying to change golf and move it forward and that's pretty much what this podcast is about trying to change the people's minds and golf doesn't have to be that stuffy game that people need lots of money to play because you don't nope you don't and I always like to ask some hard-hitting questions when we're together doing these podcasts so I've got one for this <laughs> week got one for this week yep. what's your favourite clubhouse in the world ooh it could be externally internally atmosphere whole package what's your favourite honestly don't say your home course no I'm not going to say my home <laughs> course I'm not because Rowan has a lovely clubhouse Rowan has a lovely clubhouse but that's I'm not going to go there Honestly, for vibe, like there's there's a couple of courses like courses I love the clubhouse. I like Glasgow Gales because it has a place for people <laughs> to come and visit. Then it has a little members room. Yeah. This is where the member, the guys, the guy members, the male members can go in there and be golfers. Mm-hmm. And I think that is needed. As terrible as that sounds. Golf courses need that. Where, if if you replace the caters, a lot of golf courses need income, so they open their courses to the public, to for people to come in and eat. Because golf courses serve nice food. A lot of the time they serve nice food, and I just think it's brilliant. There's nothing worse though if you're a golfer and you're sitting there and there's people sitting having a nice meal, yeah. and you can't. You can't swear about your. You can't swear about your round. Yeah, you can't. You can't complain and you can't moan and you can't do all this kind of things. But for aesthetics and grandeur and everything, it has to be Trump Turnberry. It's a solid choice. Is it? Trump Turnberry is phenomenal. It's. You walk in there and there's the trophies. The yes, shop. the trophies, the shop. It's so bright. It is lovely and the changing rooms I mean come on you don't need red and white marble and gold <laughs> faucet tap I'm saying faucet sounds all American but you don't need gold gold plated taps if you've not seen of it ju- just think of Donald Trump's bathroom yes and that's it that's exactly what it's like and it, it's brilliant because you walk in and it's like the door's open for you and you're just like oh hi <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and this is a clubhouse people and you go in and the changing room is so stunning and it's m- red and white marble have you ever been in Trump Tower in uh, 5th Avenue and New- have you ever been in Trump Tower in 5th Avenue been in New York have you never been in New York it's like he's just transported it <laughs> and planted it in, uh, in, in Turnbury and, and this is the clubhouse and outside of it it's so massive it's it's huge. It's absolutely massive, and you can see the uh, Bruce 18th. You can look out and you can see the Ailsa 18th hole, which for me, as a clubhouse point of view, every clubhouse should look out onto the 18th. 
Yeah, because you need to watch your friends coming down the last and topping it. Yeah. So you can laugh at them. Yeah. Or see them shank one out of bounds. Yeah. But for me, I think that's possibly... But I've... Like, say yourself, you've travelled to a lot of golf courses in America with work and there are some fine, <laughs> fine clubhouses in, like, Renaissance. Have you ever seen Renaissance's clubhouse? Yeah. It's phenomenal. Lovely. Yeah. That's very American, but it's it very is American. stunning. Yeah. It, and it, like, clubhouses like that, as much as I love your old little porter cabin style, cheap grub, cheap food, mm. little clubhouses, nothing beats walking into. <laughs> like, you're like, oh my god, this is a golf course, and this is a clubhouse, and you're just like, you made feel so welcome. There's people to open the door for you, there's people to. To cater to your every single need when you're in there is just another level. So it is. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, well, Glasgow girls have a brilliant clubhouse. They have that proper links old school look with the red sandstone. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Panmure from the outside. They is have. It nice? Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, it's white. Um, apparently, it's modelled on a course in India. Their clubhouse, but it just looks stunning. I love the new clubhouse at Carnoustie. Um, they've opened this whole new building. They did it for the Open. And when you're in there, I don't know, there's something about it. It's a modern, sleek-looking place, but yeah. it has the nods to the classic clubhouse, so yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, but a course that I mentioned earlier, it's one of my favourite clubhouses, and it's Winter Park 9. It isn't really even a clubhouse. It's a hut. It's a scorer's hut. Yeah. You go in, your beer's five dollars, there's hot dogs, and you sit outside with them. And you just watch guys come in, you sit and chat to whoever's there, yeah. and it's just perfect. No, and the way the course is, it's nine holes, it's fifteen dollars. So you're sitting there, you maybe have a beer or two and then go, Do you know what? Go going around again. Let's go. Yeah. And it's just phenomenal. No. I think a lot of things with clubhouses is the atmosphere. It depends on your atmosphere. If you're going as a visitor or if you're playing in your local in a club atmosphere can create a massive vibe and it can create a massive and lasting memory because if you go to a clubhouse and you're not welcomed then you're going to go didn't enjoy that it could ruin your day it could ruin your day completely because you've paid a lot of money to play golf or you've paid not a lot of money like you say at Winter Park it's not it's not expensive and I'd love to go out to you need next time you're in Orlando you have to go and play this place every time I'm in Orlando the wife is just like no no golf no golf just say like say to her top golf 15 bucks and it's fun it's the guys that from the golf channel although that's about to move from Orlando apparently but they all play there is it going to go to Houston it's moving yeah is that where it's going Houston I think so yeah yeah I thought that I heard Um, that Nick Faldo plays there all the time because he lives nearby I don't know. It's just it's the most charming well, is, golf course. This is where I've ever everybody played. goes and plays when the That's the one. The, the PGA show and everything's there. Everybody goes and plays the winter park. Because it's and, the best. And uh, So you just have to where, get like, there. Have, they had the yeah, that's random golf that. club yeah. Yeah, event there, yeah. But so. Winter Park as an area is lovely, so Alana can go and wander around this lovely part of Florida that yeah. many people don't visit, even though they're nearby. You can get a quick nine in. Yep. And everyone's a winner. Everyone is definitely a winner if that's the case. But yeah, I, I think I'd love to go to the PGA show. I think it's next amazing. year that's like 
Open Mission is to go to the PGA show. Hats off on the Clubhouse live from the PGA show. Yeah, I think if anybody, wants, anybody wants to sponsor that, <laughs> that demo would, day, that we'll would, big up your clubs. Yeah, we will. We will demo everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk the Ben Hogan people into this. Yeah, this is it definitely has to happen. Ben Hogan, Bunker Mentality. Anybody anybody who wants to take take you, us. I've done demo day once, and honestly, you leave broken. Your hands are bleeding. Yeah. Your back's ruined because you've hit every driver that's out there as hard as you can and you've hit and then you're like hundreds of balls that's alright I'm just going to stick with mine <laughs> yeah you do but it's so much fun no it's, uh, I think it's something that I'd love to do and I think I'd just like to get involved in it because it's a place to meet and connect and create contacts mm. contacts in golf is just brilliant and having that contact who can if you're ever somewhere you can go oh I can get around a golf with that person or yeah when they come to Scotland, they can get around a golf with you. And I'm quite fortunate. Like I've got loads of friends who play in different places, and you're kind of like, well, yeah, I can go play golf here, and I can go play golf there. And I'm looking forward to a round at your new home course, hopefully. Yeah, we well, need to play Mar Hall as well. I've I played, know you've videoed it, but uh, I've, I've been to Mar Hall before. Yep. I, do you want to know something? I played myself last time I was there. I, I went around myself. I was like, it's a quiet club. <laughs> It's, it's often like I, that. I was like, eh, there's nobody about. I'll just go play golf myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll play there and then we can play Bordeaux. Yeah, uh, Marhol's, it's nice and it's... I, I really enjoyed it last time I was there. I like the layout. It's very similar to Rual and it's... Yeah, true. Big kind of parkland course and... Uh, yeah, I, I just enjoyed it I, I, I took loads of photos which I think they still use some of them <laughs> <laughs> but no definitely and same as well if anybody actually wants to take us for a round of golf somewhere yeah doing a lot of begging in this episode uh, why, why not if anybody exactly. if anybody wants if you don't ask you don't get if anybody wants to take us for a round of golf I'll bring the camera <laughs> Kenny will bring his golf game and we'll go and uh, we'll go hit it up because and then we can record a podcast after it. So that's kind of kind of the angle I'm looking at. It's the dream. It's the dream. We'll get into your clubhouse. We'll set up some mics. You can hold your mic. We've got fancy stands. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just involve people. We want to involve involve people in the podcast, and we want to get people's stories. Like, why do you love golf? What's your story behind golf? And why do you think people should play golf? Because we can sit here and spout our stories all day long granted we've probably got loads loads and loads of stories but we want to hear your stories and we want to hopefully we're going to have some more actual fixed guests who can come on I know James who was in last week's or last last episode was he's a good person to have on board and I think uh, our buddy Rachel McQueen has now moved back to Scotland oh yeah so she is keen on getting involved in the podcast so uh, and she's now working for is it First Point USA which is ah okay the scholarship company scholarship company so selling dreams yeah selling dreams and then yeah <laughs> selling dreams that's pretty much what it is isn't yeah, it yeah. it is selling dreams go to America live like a, a professional golfer and hopefully become one yeah that's that's where I think the UK misses out. Yeah, well, we got Sterling now. They, they're offering a similar setup okay. uh, through Dean Robertson and his setup over there. Uh, and that's why they're untouchable when it comes to uni golf. If yeah. you're playing against, well, 
they certainly were when I played, I think they still are. And that's what, you know, Jack McDonald's come through that setup, Cormac Sharvin's come through there. Probably other names that I've forgotten. Um, Jack McDonald's now a member. He's a member of Rowland. Yeah, you were telling me that. Yeah. But they're, they're making some good golfers. They've got a couple of Walker Cup guys now. Um, and it's all about just living the life of a golfer while you're studying and then trying to make it. So yeah. Dean's give, done a great job. They give you that platform. And I think that platform in the UK, the Americans have this nailed down for every single sport. You've got the college football. Yeah. college basketball and then these guys are then drafted into the big leagues if you if you're good enough at your sport you'll get drafted these guys Victor Hovland just got his first win unbelievable he's some talent and he's came straight from college golf he did he leave early did he uh, I think so he's got, think, he got full Corn Ferry status yeah and now he's close to qualifying for the Masters that he played in as an amateur yeah so I think he'll got that now with his win will he he's not? 60 is, is, he, is he he's close so, so he, might get, he might get an invite with a win I don't know because I think sometimes with a win on the PGA Tour you get an invite yeah but it wasn't a full PGA Tour event. oh so it wasn't a full PGA Tour because it was the same week as WGC WC, so yeah so he might might have bagged his ticket yeah. so but that's like that's that's nuts, and that, but that's what the Americans do well. They get them at this level as college, and everything is training and preparing for this moment of when you leave college, turning pro, and living that dream. And they get you at sponsors exemptions into events, and mm-hmm. all you have to do is play well, and then that's you play well and make some cash. So that, that can be you. You can be sorted. Yeah, and it's as easy as well as easy as, but. Um, it's a good performance it's making the cut one week when you've had an invite uh, a friend of mine is the manager of Brandon Wu who's coming up through the PGA Tour ranks Corn Ferry ranks and he played the Dunhill this year the Dunhill Championship yep. and he got put out with Jim Crane just randomly paired with Jim Crane who owns the Houston Astros and then he got an invite to the Houston Open because Jim sorted it one phone yep. call there he goes he got in he played quite well he made a bit of money and that's that's what it is it's like you say it's connections it's connections creating that opportunity and showing people that you're worth investing in yep all you you need is you 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 get an invite to any PGA Tour event you make the cut you perform well granted if you're an amateur you don't make any cash Mm -hmm. but that's you're on their radar and then that's when sponsors come looking for you you've got management teams who come looking for you and then that's that's you. You're you're on the ball. That's everything's rolling, and it's as long as you can perform. Golfers only need to perform once a year to to win. Yeah, yeah. That that one perfect week. Yeah. One perfect okay. week. You can put four rounds together perfectly. One week, you stand a good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. And that one win can then open up that can free up the next two years of your yeah. career. That's true. PGA exemption. And did you have you heard? Azingers, did you hear? Have you have you heard? Oh my god! Someone, I think it was Poulter or Westwood, said he just has to say controversial things to stay relevant. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's good. It was. Uh, is anybody have any thoughts on this? Have you seen somebody tweeted something today? No, I've seen today. Uh, somebody tweet put out a tweet or a Instagram post or something going. Yeah, that 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 uh, easy European tour that Patrick Reed's a member of and has never finished above twenty fifth, but has 
no wins on the European Tour. He has eight wins. Can't be that. Can't be that easy to <laughs> to be a European Tour player and win on their tours if one of your top top guys can't do it. But he can win in the PGA Tour. Yeah. So it's, oh, I was like, he's in a, like. Why would you say something like that? I just don't understand it. Like Tommy Fleetwood's. I think it was about Tommy Fleetwood. It and was. Yeah. He's on the cusp of breaking through in the PGA Tour. Like, why not just respect someone for the craft? And he's been a a top pro. He knows what it's all about. So you just shouldn't be disrespecting the people that the are your peers. That's well, just not fair. They can't turn around and say nothing because Brooks Kepka came from the European, pretty much the he's Challenge Tour, came European through, yeah. Tour. His brother's still on and the Challenge and Tour, and he's went to the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. That's but that that was the logical choice for him. It it was somewhere he could learn his craft and get good at the game and gave him an opportunity. The American system is that hard to get into mm-hmm. that why not go and play in Europe and travel the world? See it and for them to come out and say that, like some of the top golfers in the world, number ones in the world, all started and all play on the European tour on a regular basis. Are they gonna say that about Rory? Yeah, and I can't know if I this was Ian Porter's comment. We win more Ryder Cups than you. Yep. So we're better. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. Better, he better. Said, I know you won your Ryder Cup, Paul, when you were captain, but we won all the other ones. Yeah, that's it's as simple as that, take isn't that. it? Yeah, take that. And I think because uh, I think the comment was purely came as well from Lee Westwood, mm-hmm. who's had two PGA Tour wins, and he went, "Yeah, but I've had forty-four wins yep. around the world." And he went, yep, "That doesn't really matter. <laughs> How does it not matter?" Ah, uh, like. Yeah, that just baffles me. But it's people on TV just... You, you see it all the time. They just have to get that sound bite that yeah, gets them the limelight. Gets them the limelight. It's so. going to put them on the TV. Everybody's going to tweet about it and talk about it. Yeah, which he's Brandel Chambly does is very good he at it. He loves it. Yeah. He's, he's brilliant at it. Mm. He knows what is going to create controversy and what people are going to jump on. And that is, is brilliant. It's brilliant to keep yourself relevant and keep people talking about you. True. But... Granted, you're not very liked at the moment. <laughs> yeah, pipe down, Paul. Everybody in Europe is not your biggest fan at the moment because Tommy Fleetwood is. Oh, yeah, Penny's Penny's. She's raging. Penny is that's a raging about that. So, but yeah, guys, I think I think that's a good place to end this uh, dogleg par four, fourth hole, and I think that's uh, yeah. I think we've that's covered good. covered a lot of bases. Yeah, we're we're trying to fix golf. If you didn't notice. Yep, we're saving golf, we're giving you the tips yep. as a whole sport to fix yourself golf, you're welcome Yep, if you'd uh, like to take some of these on board, we'd, it'd be very much appreciated But please give us your ideas guys, you know we, we each post about the podcast on our social media, so if you have an idea that you think we've missed or you think could be developed further, please tell us because yep. we need, we all as golfers have to contribute to this conversation to yeah. save the sport and to get it back to the glory days that it once was we can't rely on Tiger and Rory and the heroes of the game to do it we're at the grassroots and we're the ones that have to actually make it happen oh yeah every, it's, it's, it's down to us it's down to the people on the on the floor the, everybody who's wanting to play golf it's down to you to change it these guys can wear something new and a bit out there but that doesn't mean that everybody else is going to wear it until you start wearing it so you start putting a hoodie on on the golf course 
it's not going to change until you start wearing whatever trousers you want, collarless tops, sneakers or shoes, trainers, whatever you want to wear, be comfortable, go out there and enjoy yourself because you're not going to upset me, you're probably not going to upset Kenny if you're out there playing the game. As long as you're taking care of the course. As long as you're taking care of the course and having a good time. Don't really care. But yeah. (laughs) Penny's just fell fell off her seat. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll we'll just end that. I end that. (laughs) No, that is probably... Oh yeah, she's fine. She's sitting up on a chair beside us on her little bed and she's just like totally tumbled off. Get that in the outtakes. Yeah, that's definitely going to be in the outtakes. That's a video. <laughs> I, I'm so gutted you can't see that she's just fell off her chair. But yeah, just remember guys, hats off in the clubhouse and enjoy this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys.